Welcome to the Wealth Matters Podcast, where investors come together to better understand how to build passive cash flow and create generational wealth without all the confusing mumbo jumbo. Here's your host and co-author of Amazon number one bestseller, Alpesh Pamar. I'll be interviewing Corby God today. He's based out of Boise, Idaho. Um, he, uh, along with his wife, Heather, uh, they're Boise turnkey properties and cohesion properties. Their goal is to uh, help investors, both novices and professionals alike, navigate the Southwest Boise market, as well as help investors develop, define, and achieve their investment goals. Welcome, Corby, to Wealth Matters Podcast. How are you today? I'm doing very well. Thank you. I appreciate you having me, Alpesh. How was your day going? So far, good for Monday. <laughs> All right. <laughs> hey, so, Corby, can you tell my listeners what do you do? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, uh, I run a company called Boise Turnkey Properties. And basically what it is, is it is uh, aid to these to Z services for real estate investors uh, looking to invest in the Boise, Idaho area. Uh, we call the general metro area the Treasure Valley, which basically extends from Boise to the Oregon border, which is about 60 miles west of Boise. Um, I, I'm an investor myself. I've been investing in real estate in this valley for uh, about 15 years. Uh, so, and I'm a Boise native. So I grew up here. Uh, I know pretty much every nook and cranny of this valley. I know the, the market really well. And I, I love real estate. It's a blast. So um, kind so of having all those things. Oh, go no, ahead. It's a good thing that you have been investing for 15 years. You, you survived during the downturn and still investing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it, the downturn, you know, a lot of people will tell you that's, that's when the money is made. Yes. And if you... Uh, <laughs> If you are prepared and, and knowledgeable about your market, then you could do really well during a downturn. And um, we had a few acquisitions during during that time that have treated us really well and, and allowed me to quit my day job and do this full time. It's a blast. That's awesome. Yeah. Hey, so what inspired you to become an entrepreneur or business owner? Because you just mentioned about quitting your day job. So what was your inspiration? Oh, you know, there, the inspirations to do that are infinite. Uh, for one, uh, I wanted to work for myself. I, I like doing things my way. I like working with people. Uh, I like learning from investors. Um, and so this job allows me to do a lot of that. But I mean, a, a lot of things are standard, like, like in anybody else. Uh, my wife and I have three young kids. And when I was working a day job, uh, I was missing out on, you know, the, the school plays. And right some of their baseball practices and just some of those little things. And um, I wanted to find a way to kind of free up my time and, and be able to create my own schedule. So being an entrepreneur and a real estate investor allowed me to do that. Um, but you know, the icing on the cake for me is just that uh, real estate to me is, is fun and I enjoy yes. doing it. And so that was an inspiration for me too. Um, one of the things I do is I work with a lot of brand new investors and often I get, multiple apologies from them because you know analysis paralysis and they want to look yes. at a thousand <laughs> properties before they dip their toes in yeah and uh you know while I, I would love it if somebody just emailed me cash offers constantly okay. um, the fact of the matter is working with new people and looking at a bunch of properties it's fun for me i look looking at properties i like analyzing deals um 
I learn something every time. And so, uh, so that's fun for me too. I, just getting out and looking at properties, whether uh, it's with a newbie and it's our thousandth property or it's an experienced investor and it's the first one we looked at together. I, I always learn something and, and I think it's fun. <coughs> so uh, how did you get started with real estate? You mentioned about 15 years ago, but what was your first purchase? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I started about 15 years ago and that was before there were a lot of the resources online that are available now. There's no bigger pockets or anything like that. Right. And I just kind of, <laughs> I kind of stumbled into it. Um, my wife and I were just finishing college and we had just gotten engaged and each one of us were pretty ambitious people. And so we had bought our own homes during college. She had a home and I had a home and we started looking for a house together and she was going to sell her house. We hadn't really discussed it. She assumed I was going to sell mine too. And I just sort of got a wild hair and I said, well, I think I want to try to keep it and rent it out. And she was not excited about that idea at all. <laughs> but after, uh, after lots of negotiation, we kind of came to the agreement that I could do that as long as it didn't take time away from us. And I was kind of handling things all on my own. And I did that. And to be completely honest, I did it very poorly for the first few years. And, and I learned all the lessons the hard way. But that, that's, that was my first thing is um, kind of learning the hard way and doing it on my own. And, uh, and having a, a rental that was my primary, uh, my primary residence at one point. So kind of a, an inadvertent house hack, I suppose. Yeah, that's, but that's the key what you mentioned that, you know, um, of course you are going to make mistakes when you start into real estate or anything else, right? Any kind of investments, mm -hmm. but Absolutely. do it, you are not going to learn, right? So uh, my story is similar to yours. I rented out my first uh, you know, townhouse as well because the market has had crashed here in California or in most mm -hmm. US. But that's, you know, of course I made mistakes while I was landlording, but I learned and, you know, I realized that this is what I want to do. So exactly. A lot of this, uh, you know, newbie investors, as you said, analysis paralysis mode, and they keep analyzing and analyzing and then they don't take any action, right? And they're like, right. oh, you know, I'm so far behind, you know, I I'm not even able to acquire a property, but, you know, there's a reason why. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, you know, I, I always tell a lot of the new investors that I'm working with um, a couple bits of, of, I don't know, I guess for lack of a better term, wisdom that I picked up on <laughs> is one real estate. It truly is a long-term game. And, and what I mean by that is that your first deal doesn't have to be a grand slam. And right. honestly, if it is your first deal, it's highly unlikely that you have the resources or ability to get a grand slam anyway. Okay. Um, but if you buy something that's reasonable and you care for it in a reasonable way and you just have the fortitude to hold on to it for a, a period of time, you know, five years or longer, you'll be just fine. Yes. And you will learn a lot. You will learn a lot. So, yeah, that's a great point, right? So the, your first deal doesn't have to be a blockbuster. It doesn't have to be the greatest deal because that's your starting point. You are going to learn. And as you said, it's, it's not a transactional business. People think you know, of real estate as stocks or you know, flipping where I can you know, buy low and sell high. You can't keep, continue to do that. And to do that, you have to you know, keep doing that like every month to be able to sustain, right? Sure. So it's, it's a much longer term uh, you know, uh, hold as well as you by acquiring the first property, you'll start building 
the network and the relationship. That's another key. You know, a lot of people want to use my network. They're like, oh, you know, these people in this, uh, you know, market and state, can you introduce us? And I'm like, yes, I, I do. I always make the introduction, but I know it's not going to take them far because some of these people will not take any action. Sure. Sure. Exactly. And, you know, as an experienced investor, uh, you want to protect those relationships as well. And so I, I don't, I don't send just any brand new investor over to no. somebody that I've spent 15 years developing a relationship with, because in some cases that, that may make them question my judgment and, and it inhibits my ability to, to work with them in the future too. So you have to protect some of those relationships and, and uh, new investors need to kind of work on developing relationships with, with other investors to tap into that so that everyone has trust in that circle. I agree. Yeah. So, uh, Corby, what were some of the highs and lows in past 15 years? So I, when you started landlording throughout the years and becoming a business owner, what, uh, if you can tell us more about it and what steps did you take, um, you know, uh, to persist through your lows, you know, throughout your real estate investment? Well, you know, I'm, I'm, happy to say that almost by happenstance it's almost been all highs it's been it's been really nice um it's great. <laughs> it, it, it really to a certain extent has allowed me to to do a lot of the things that i want to do um as far as my family and making more money than than i was working for somebody else and having more control over over uh, my schedule but um i would say some of the lows were, were kind of what i alluded to before the first few rentals that i had uh, I really was fumbling through it, and I I picked bad tenants. I managed them badly. <laughs> uh, I, I was not a good landlord. I was not a good communicator. Uh, I was inconsistent. I didn't have policies or consistency of any kind, and I learned a lot of those lessons the hard way. And, and I'm happy to say that I came out the other side um, feeling like I'm really good at what I do. And one of the reasons that I started this business is that I like to think that I can I can save some of the new investors that I'm working with some of the heartache uh, in those hard lessons that I, I learned um, originally uh, in my first go around. But but yeah, I mean, as far as being a landlord and an investor, um, from the investment side, I've been really fortunate in that the market that I live in and I've invested in has done really well. Uh, and in addition to that, uh, I, I've mostly held on to my investments, and so. As I said before, just the fact that the fact that you have the ability to sit on something for a period of time will will treat you well. Um, but my my market is appreciated well. Um, the ironic thing is, you know, as you grow and learn and do more of this, when I go back and, and kind of look at the numbers of some of the acquisitions I did earlier in my career, if those deals were put in front of my face with today's numbers, I probably would have turned most of them down, if not all of them. <laughs> but those exact same deals are what allowed me to quit my job. Right. Yeah. So exactly what you pointed out, you know, you have to take an action, right? And you the do. more, yeah, the more you learn, you become savvier and then you realize, okay, you may not have taken those deals, but those were the deals which, you know, got you started, right? <laughs> Absolutely. That, that's yep. how you I, build the base. Absolutely. So that's awesome. Do you, uh, can you provide one golden nugget or one, uh, you know, wisdom point uh, to my audience about being an entrepreneur or business owner? Uh, you know, I, I wish I had something earth shattering that no one has ever heard before, but <laughs> it, it, you know, it really is, like you said, it really is about just taking action. But, but something I, I would like to, 
to point out is that I know that there's a lot of uh, potential investors out there, and I won't pretend to be an expert on the stock market or anything else. I, I know real estate and I know my market very well. But that being said, if you're interested in investing in real estate, you do not need to have a million dollars. You just need to have the, the willingness to take action and you need to have a little bit of cash. And, and you know, there are a ton of loan programs out there with conventional lenders yeah. that if you are willing to house hack and move into a duplex or even a single family, do a little cleanup, force a little bit of equity, you can get into those places for next to nothing. And right. if you continue that cycle, let's just say you did it once a year in 10 years, you'd have 10 rentals behind you. And maybe the last one you bought isn't cash flowing all that great, but over the course of 10 years, that first one you bought sure as heck is going to be no matter how poorly you've done, it, it will be cash flowing just fine. Yeah. And the appreciation would be, you know, icing on the cake. Right. Right. And, uh, just to, to give a little bit of background on, on myself to kind of put that in context, my wife and I, when we started doing this, we're both teachers. We, we're not engineers or doctors or lawyers. We were teachers and we were making, I mean, we were fresh out of college making starting teacher salaries, which as most people know is basically nothing. Right. And we, we just were willing. My wife obviously with, with a little bit of a shove for me, but we were both willing to try and it's treated us really well. We've been really fortunate and it's been good for our family and, and, um, and we've learned a bunch. So, you, you just, you have to try. You don't need to have a ton of resources, but you have to, have, you have to try. Totally agree. And what you mentioned as well, you know, a little bit of cash and good credit, you can start buying rentals, right? Right. Um, you know, you can do FHA at 3.5% down and move into the house, house hack it, as you mentioned, right? And then keep doing that. And that would snowball. Absolutely. Uh, you know, the first house I moved into was a fixer upper and I had never done anything beyond changing a light bulb in my life. Um, and so I kind of learned along the way I, I hired <laughs> licensed contractors to come over and just asked if, Hey, do you mind if I shadow you and ask you questions and help you? And, and they were all really gracious about it. And now, I mean, you have YouTube, you, you can build yes. a spaceship at home if you want. I mean, you can certainly <laughs> install a new light fixture, put some flooring in. I agree. So, uh, and the reason I have you on the podcast is because I was exploring Boise market and I started chatting with you and for listeners as well, because I look at and analyze tons of markets, right? But of course I can't invest in every market and, and I analyze, but then I, I still in the meantime, I built relationship with, you know, people like Corby so that when I'm ready or if I'm ready, you know, I can just jump in. So, um, I like Boise market, but can you tell us why someone would want to invest in Boise market? What are the things going for Boise? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, first and foremost, like any investment, uh, it's really all about supply and demand. And in Boise for several years now, and, and we're anticipating it going on for the, the foreseeable future, there is a, a housing shortage. People are moving here in droves. And we do not have the housing supply to support the people that are moving here. Um, so there's give and take to that, right? I mean, that has an effect on the housing prices. So right. when there are, are vacancies for rentals or there are houses on the market that are aggressively priced, there's a lot of competition there. Um, so, so that can make it a little bit difficult to get into the market. But the flip side of that is, uh, especially as a landlord, the places that we manage for our clients, uh, we have people calling us constantly and we, we have highly qualified tenants 
waiting in the wings for places to become available. And so if a tenant notifies us, hey, we're going to be moving, we're, we're canceling our lease and, and we'll be out in 30 days. I have people lined up that I just need to call that have 800 credit scores and are making $250,000 a year and they're ready to move into those properties. So vacancy here is basically nothing. Um, and in addition to that, along with that supply and demand uh, issue, one of the benefits of that is appreciation here has been consistent and fantastic. Uh, the city of Boise proper in 2018, depending on, on what, uh, what resource you look at, saw appreciation in 2018 between 15 and 18 percent Wow! and so that means uh you know it's getting more and more difficult but i helped several of my clients early in 2018 pick up three bedroom two bath houses in boise in that range of two hundred thousand dollars and several of them haven't touched those houses and those houses now without them even putting a penny into them are worth two hundred and fifty thousand plus um, wow. And so that's, that, that's a great return, especially if, you know, those people are, are investing, uh, you know, 20% down, they, they had $40,000 into that house and now they have an extra $50,000 in equity. Yeah, so it's pretty much doubled. Money. Yeah, your investment is yeah. doubled. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, there, it, I'd be hard pressed to find another, uh, you know, the, uh, another asset that you can touch that's secured that would give you a return like that. And in addition to that, you get cash flow along the way and you right. get the tax write-offs. It's, I mean, yeah. it almost feels criminal, although it's, <laughs> it's all on the up and up. <laughs> so uh, you mentioned about people moving to Boise. Do you know what's driving that? Well, is it the job market? What kind of industries? Uh, um, you know, there, there are, are some tech startups here that are doing well. Uh, we have a couple uh, kind of mid-sized tech companies, uh, Micron has a large facility here. Um, so they do a lot of manufacturing and, and yeah. there's a lot of engineers that they bring in from all over the place to design uh, products. Yeah, Micron Semiconductor. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then there, there's some other big industries here like uh, Albertsons, Savon Grocery Stores oh, are headquartered okay. here. Um, so there, there are some, some of those, but what really is driving people coming here is the cost of living here in relative terms to places like you know, Northern California yeah. and Washington and Oregon, a lot of those places on the, the East Coast, the cost of living here and the quality of life is excellent. Um, it, it's funny, if you ask a, a native here, if they think that buying one of those houses for two hundred to $250,000, a two-bedroom, three-bedroom, three two-bath house in Boise is a good deal, they would tell you that that's insane because they, they <laughs> you know, are used to those places here 15 years ago selling for seventy-five dollars or $80,000. Right. If you talk to somebody from San Francisco, they think they think you're joking with them that you could still buy a house for that price. Yeah. Um, so we get a lot of people from the the population centers on the West Coast that are are moving here and working remotely and making great salaries and enjoying low cost of living and high quality of life. Uh, if you live in Boise, in a 30 minute drive, you can be at a ski resort, you can be whitewater rafting, you can be hunting, you can be fishing. You can jump on your mountain bike from downtown Boise and literally be on a mountain biking trails where you can't see a structure in eight minutes. Uh, wow. It, it's, there are great restaurants here. The weather here is fantastic. I mean, from June through September, you are basically guaranteed 85 degrees and sunny every single day with zero humidity. It, it's, it's really just a, a great place to live, great quality of life and low cost of living. I mean, it's, 
it, it really has it all. It sounds like I, I'm the mayor, but I, I just, I love it here. <laughs> I you know, my, my, out there, so. yeah, <laughs> my wife and I both grew up here and we've traveled all over the world and we've explored the United States quite a bit. And we've found a lot of really great places to visit that we love, but we keep coming back here. I mean, this, it's just really a, a great place to be great place to raise a family for sure. That's great about Boise. Um, yeah. and as I said, I've been interested. I should have invested a couple of years ago, but that, that's what it is. <laughs> that's not too late. You come out and visit me and we'll, we'll find you something. <laughs> <laughs> so what is one thing that differentiates you from other providers, turnkey providers or realtors in your market or, or even in other markets? You know, you, I'm pretty sure you may have chatted with other uh, providers uh, as well, just to when you are starting your business. So, what's one thing which is you know the differentiator? Uh, well, can I cheat a little bit and give you a couple? Yeah. Okay. Great. <laughs> um, for one, I mean the simplest thing is I, I'm a, I'm a licensed realtor in the state of Idaho, and so I work with my clients to pick up deals on the MLS, mostly on the MLS. I mean, I work with some people on off-market deals, but 95% of the transactions are on market anyway. So there's a lot of opportunity there. That being said, I would challenge any of your listeners to call any realtor they've ever worked with and see if they specialize in investment in working with investors. And I guarantee they're going to say yes. And then ask them if they work with a first time home buyers and they're going to say yes. And then ask them if they work with relocations and they're going to say yes. Any realtor you talk to will tell you whatever you want to hear to get your business. I'm telling you right now, I work with investors. That's what I do. I'm good at it. I know this market. I'm experienced and my focus is working with investors and helping them find properties that will meet their investment goals. And so that's what I do. Um, so that, that's one thing that I think that differenti differentiates me and, and our business as, uh, as a realtor. But the other thing that I, I like to, to mention too is there are turnkey providers all over the United States and their models typically are they, their business buys the property they fix it up, they put a tenant in it, and then they try to sell it to you as an investment right. with a tenant already in it. Um, most of the time, in my experience in talking with those turnkey providers myself and talking with my clients who've worked with them, um, they're trying to fit a, a, you know, a square peg into a round hole. They have an investor that's interested in one thing, but they have this house they have to sell with a tenant that's already in it. And so their goal is to talk you into buying that house, not, not to help you develop a goal and a portfolio that will change your life. They want to sell you that specific property. So our model is we don't sell off our own inventory. Investors call me. They tell me what their financial goals are for their life. And we work backwards and we figure out how we can build a portfolio that will meet those goals. And then we go do it. I don't have to sell them what's already in my back pocket. I find something and, and negotiate a deal that will work for them and satisfy their goals. And I, I think that that puts us uh, ahead of a lot of turnkey companies. And then the icing on the cake is that, that there is no vacancy here. We have great tenant pool already in our back pocket. And a lot of people that are new worry so much about vacancy that we, a lot of times have a place tenanted within days of it closing. It, it's, it's really a non-issue. So I think you kind of get the best of both worlds here. That, that's awesome. So uh, help me understand uh, the process pretty much. So, you know, you work one-on-one -on -one with the investors. You are not looking at something which you already own. 
Uh, mm-hmm. So are these properties you are looking at, they are on MLS and are they, do they already have tenants or uh, so, or they are you know, not, they don't have tenants and you also help the investor in rehabbing if there is a need, et cetera? Yeah, uh, you know, most of the properties that, that we uh, do transaction on and our clients pick up, they're vacant properties on the MLS. Uh, I would say that's 90% of the time that's the case. Um, we ha- I have some clients that they want a very nice rental property that's new or ready to go because they don't want to worry about it. Um, a lot of those are more experienced investors that have a little bit more resources, but I work with a lot of people that just have cash. They want a place that they're not going to get a phone call about for the next five years. Right. And so we do a lot of those transactions, but I work with a lot of, a lot of new newbies too that want to force a little bit of equity. And so they want to buy a fixer. And one of the benefits that we offer um, because we have a property management enveloped into our, uh, into our structure. Um, and, and we haven't mentioned it, but it, they're two separate entities, but my wife and I own and run both of them. But our, our uh, property management company is called Cohesion Properties. And we have contractors that work for us almost full time just through our, our property management company. So we have great relationships with electricians, plumbers, landscapers, drywallers, painters, uh, carpenters. I mean, you name it. And we have people that are, are doing dozens of jobs a month for us that, that, uh, we have great relationships with. And so when we have a transaction with a client that bought that buys a fixer upper, as soon as we get that under contract, I'm calling those contractors and getting on their calendar so that the day that that place closes, they're in there and working on that rehab. And, and typically, um, we turn those places around really, really quick and get tenants in there. So, um, we, we, we basically, yeah, we, I, I'm not a general contractor, so I'm, I'm not trying to, <laughs> to sell people on those types of services. Um, but we connect, we connect uh, our investors, the added state investors, especially with our network of contractors that do a lot of work for us and kind of let them take that shortcut and, and know that it's somebody they can trust. It's competitively priced. It's honest and it show up when they say they're going to do and they're going to do good work. And then we document the process for our clients along the way. We send pictures. A lot of times they'll ask us for, you know, updates a couple of times a week where things are and we'll go out and document that and send it to them and make sure that they're in the loop and they're comfortable. Um, doing what we do and working with investors who aren't here and they can't feel, see and touch their investment. <laughs> if they don't trust me and I'm not communicating <laughs> clearly, my entire business falls apart. So, right it's it's of the utmost importance that I'm communicating consistently and clearly with them and documenting the process so that they know that they can trust me and we can do another deal or they can tell their friend. But um, yeah, we, we, we take care of anything that they need in house. We make it as quick inexpensive and smooth as possible on our clients. So uh, Corby, what's the average time frame for an investor to get a tenant into the property? Like what have you seen where, Let's say I acquired a property and now, you know, it needs to be rehabbed a little bit. And then by the time tenant is placed into the property, is it weeks, a couple of months? Um, I would say on average, a couple of weeks is actually uh, an exaggeration. It's generally really quick. And um, if any of your listeners want to reach out to me or go onto my website or, or, or Google uh, reviews and and even reach out to some of the clients we have and ask how quickly we got their properties tenanted. Um, it, it's generally six weeks, either through tenant turnover or new acquisitions. 
And of those five, we only had time to create an advertisement for one. The rest of them were all uh, had signed leases before we even created an advertisement. And so typically this is less than a week. Um, we, we screen the tenants. Uh, we make sure that they have great credit. They have great income. We verify their income. We check their, their uh, references and we get them to make their first month payment and their <clears throat> deposit and they're done. And, and typically that's a week or less. That's awesome. That that's pretty quick. And what's the going going property management um, in a percentage? Um, it's different from market to market, and uh, in every market, property managers charge for different types of activities. I, I can kind of tell you generally in in the Treasure Valley, the Boise area, um, you'll you'll see property management rates from seven to probably twelve percent. Um, and generally people in this market don't charge things like releasing fees or anything like that. Um, there may be upcharges for, for other things, but to be honest, uh, my company, we charge 9% of gross rents for property management and we don't have any upcharges for anything else beyond that. Um, and the reason behind that mostly is that it creates so much transactional business for us that it, it's really uh, an advertising vehicle right. that, that pays us. And so we don't need to make a million dollars off of property management. We don't need to nickel and dime our clients or our tenants for that matter. Um, the, the relationships that we build create transactions and, and that's really what fuels our business. So the property management thing is something that we do, um, I think at a fair rate and then we don't mess around with, with uh, a bunch of fees on top of that. We just try to keep it simple and reasonable for all parties in, in, involved. That's great. So um, I think we are at the end of the podcast. How can my listeners reach out to you, Corby? Uh, there, there are several ways. We have uh, our, our website is boiseturnkey.com. Um, so that, that's the website that I have to kind of talk about the investment and transactional side of our business. Uh, if they want to check out our property management site, that's cohesionproperties.com. Um, but my my phone number and email are, are on each one of those websites. My wife's phone number and email are on both of those websites. Uh, and and I'd encourage uh, investors, novices and, and experienced investors alike, uh, to reach out to me if they have any interest in the market in Boise. I am not a, a pushy salesman. Um, I find that this market kind of sells itself and I enjoy talking real estate anyway. So if somebody is interested in just kind of shooting the breeze and learning a little bit about investing, or this market, they're welcome to reach out to me and, and I, I'm happy to, to chat with anybody who has an interest in real estate. Thank you, Corby. Yeah, thank you, Alpesh. And thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. It was, it was a fantastic time being on the podcast and, and thank you for <laughs> listening to my long-winded answers to all your questions. <laughs> no, it was fun. Thanks again. If you are on the fence about investing, or have any questions about alternative investments, please reach out to me at alpesh at wealthmatters.com. It's A-L-P-E-S-H at W-E-A-L-T-H-M-A-T-R-S dot com. Thanks for listening to the Wealth Matters podcast. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a five-star rating on iTunes so others can enjoy the show too. Have a great week and happy investing!